Hello everyone and welcome to New Game of Flame. Today is the 1st of July 2023 and this is a Game Club episode. You were joined by me, Andy, the host, and the regulars. Guido. Hello. And Diego. Hello everyone. And we have a special guest from our beloved Retro Asylum. So we have Maz. Hello guys. Welcome. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm doing fine, mate. Thanks. And recording in the future. I like that. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> How are you doing, Weedo? You right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, the weather isn't that hot anymore, so I'm finally at the place where <laughs> I'm not sweating anymore in the attic. Uh, All right, lucky boss. <laughs> yeah, it's very hot in the in the UK as well, so we're having you know a great heat wave. Mm. Uh, thanks for being here, Mads. Thank you for taking the time and playing this game. Um, with it for us uh, so um i think you're you're the expert on the goblins series so it was uh, really you know it just came naturally to have to ask you to to participate because you love the series so much yeah thank you for inviting me mate i am i'm your number one fan i've been listening since the very first <laughs> episode so I'm, I'm glad to be here so i have a question first of all so i don't know if you ever watched um there's a series i think it's danish or german it's called dark and they have um one of the characters uh, in it is called Mads so when I saw it I thought immediately oh Mads oh but they say sometimes Mads sometimes Mas or Mas or something and what is the exact pronunciation so Mads is completely wrong Mads it's, uh, <laughs> it's mess oh really mess oh yep like if you've done a mess yeah pretty much <laughs> all those lines in in, in, uh, in Danish the D kind of disappears but makes the word Mas. a bit a little bit shorter so Mas. so it's a, only the m a and s that's set but there's this little punch at the s so mess oh wow Mas. there's a lot Mas. of uh, famous uh, danish cyclists uh, which are called mats and uh dutch yep. uh, <laughs> dutch announcers just say it as uh, mats yep exactly exactly yeah i've heard no, it nobody ways. knows how to pronounce my name it's i i've been a researcher as well been at the international conferences and, and <laughs> my name they always want to say your full name when you're an author or something and my full name is actually mess daru christensen good luck and there's with that. no way in hell that any of these guys will ever be able to say that so <laughs> it's always going to be mad daru <laughs> i have exactly the same problem <laughs> that's why I, everyone yes. here calls me Vito, but i'm actually called bouter and then my my, yes. my surname is Beugelsdijk. So uh, good luck with that. See, see your surname, God. your surname is is gonna break my tongue. I saw it because I, I sent you a package <laughs> uh, recently, and I was I was really careful writing down that uh, that surname. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm still adapting to uh, to take my real name for the show, but uh, I don't know if I want to. Uh, Wouter is uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wouter yeah. is fine, but also if you if you try to like mass mess mess is mess mess. Yeah, that was actually really is good. All right, try. Yeah. yeah, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> and yeah, as you know, uh, we talk about snacks a lot. So you know what I'm going to ask you today. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been I've been fearing this question because I'm not much of a snacker, really. Oh <laughs> so. no. 
give me a good beer or an espresso and I'm happy. So, uh, <laughs> how do you like your coffee then? Black, very, very black. I, I have a actually Italian espresso machine downstairs. So I grind my own beans, get the right beans. And, uh, actually I have a friend that roasts them so I can get them just the way <laughs> I like them. And, uh, yeah, a cup of espresso. If, if I want, uh, larger cup of coffee i'll make an americano i'll just put some boiling water into the espresso but that's pretty much it for me when you say an espresso machine do you mean what we call a mocha or do you mean like the the bar sort of one? Oh, i i don't know i mean those where you grind your beans into a little holder and you tamp them and you put them in the machine that ah, uses so bar, uh, almost a... almost steam through it and yeah yeah drips, yeah drips through that I used to have just a stovetop that you probably, you, you know, the, the classic uh, Italian as well, the classic Italian uh, stovetop for my espressos. But yeah, years, yeah. years ago, I bought this quite expensive espresso machine. Is that what you call a mocha then? Or uh, The mocha is in Italian is like a, a two-part. So, well, it can come in different forms, but it comes in two parts. Usually the part in the bottom has a, a reservoir for the water. Then you put the... See, that's what I call stovetop just, yeah. Mm, I imagine that, yeah, yeah. I, I used to have that. Now I now I have the the real espresso machine instead. I use so. that on the campsite. Yes, exactly. Is yeah. it still uh, existing? Actually, I thought uh, there were uh, not uh, there anymore, Bialetti, or is it still? Uh... It's yeah, it's still there. I'm pretty sure they're still there. I think it's I think it's moved to the manufacturing has moved to another country probably, but but they still make them, I suppose. So I don't know if you ever tried this. Um, so of that, how you call stove, um, I didn't understand, but <laughs> yeah, that uh, they have a Napolitan version that I don't know if you've ever seen where you screw it on and then you turn it around and that makes the coffee so strong. I've never tried something like that. Really no, good. Never tried that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really incredible. And then uh, last time I visited my parents, they had another weird contraption that was like a flat thing that went on the on the stove. And then it has a faucet that comes out. And the faucet uh, has a little reservoir where you put the coffee in. Mm-hmm. And that takes literally seconds to make a coffee. And it's even stronger. Oh. And it's from Sicily. And you can buy okay. this, I think, online. And it's really good. But wow, it gave me the... The, nice. The I want one. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I, yes, I'm drinking yes. an iced coffee now, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I don't know what you think of that, but... Uh... <laughs> ah. <laughs> to each their yeah. own. No, <laughs> each no their but own. For, for snacks, I think uh, the, my, my only like favorite snacks, probably something that only Wouter would know about because I think they have these in Holland, in the Netherlands as well. So in Denmark, we have this uh, like salty salmiac licorice so it's quite oh, strong i know licorice. that that's I exactly that. what i brought to the show yeah, i think you did actually hexaheel yo they're, they're called uh, in denmark it's uh it's haribo that, that oh. makes them it's called piratas for example they're, they're different brands and and i I've, I've been staying in finland for a while as well and i they have something along those lines as well salmiaki i think it was called but uh, i love those kinds of uh like strong salty licorice and I have a fun story about them as well because uh, I, there was a, a, a Dutch uh, professor visiting us. That he was a big, big shot professor in the in the states. I think it was in, in Michigan, and he uh, he would always have a bowl of these very salty licorice standing on his desk. He liked them himself, but he wouldn't eat them that much. He had them standing there just because then when his students came in, they would ask him, so, so what's that you got there? And he'd say, oh, I've got some candy. You can try one. And then he loved just watching their faces while they were trying to eat this without spitting it out because they didn't want to disrespect the professor. Nice. 
<laughs> Saddest. I also sent one uh, s- some of that candy to the to the US to some people. Uh, uh, just and I, I always got the feedback uh, like uh, yes, those were yes. disgusting. <laughs> Don't ever send these. I tried these sending them to Chris to asylum at some point, and he thought I was trying to poison him. <laughs> 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 Andy is still it, waiting it's so for weird my though, because <laughs> in my mind it tastes beautiful. I, I, I don't see I don't see where yeah, the problem yeah, I is can, at I, all. But uh, yeah, yeah, I have the same. I can munch yeah, down a bag uh, <laughs> of them. I, I actually, I have to. They have to be far away from me, or else yep. they'll all yep. be gone. So uh, and actually, I keep buying bags of of those candy for Andy, and then I put them somewhere, <laughs> and them. then when I'm not not looking, then suddenly. Someone opened the bag and uh, ate a lot of uh, of it uh, already. So, uh, and you're uh, still I'm willing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I did try some yaki. Diego um, lives in Finland, so he sent me some liquid. And it wasn't the candy, though. Oh, it was also probably the candy, but it was a bottle to drink. So it was a very strong whiskey sort of. Yeah, that's, whiskey, that's so another, but it's a another thing. Yeah, that's uh, okay. some yaki kos. So that would be like uh, vodka with, with that those kind of candies dissolved in it or uh, something like that um, I know some people do that here as yeah, well yeah it can also be attempted like do it yourself version of it but they <laughs> yes. they, they sell these bottles also officially on the alcohol shops over here in Finland they're quite famous mm. nice stuff I mean okay so no savory and no uh, well let's say let's say like salmiaki as uh, that's in fact now that I think about it it's the best best of both worlds isn't it it's a bit sweet and a bit salty isn't it mm, yeah yeah so you got them two in it's quite one salty. <laughs> two in one yeah all right so yeah i think we should just uh, get down to the nitty gritty of the game So today we're looking at Goblins, I don't know how to pronounce it, number five. So this is from Pierre, Pierre Guillotes, which uh, I suppose is French, uh, I won't yes. say. <laughs> and yes, so I've uh, a little bit of history with it. Um, I've been, uh, because I used to play it when I was a kid, uh, kiddish, I suppose, on my Amiga 500, which incidentally is also here. And um I found it quite difficult at the time. So I remember I never finished it, but I always was uh, really mesmerized by, at the time, obviously the graphics were incredible. uh, And then I played it on PC and the graphics were really nice there as well. The audio was not as probably as great as the Amiga. So I've always had some form of nostalgia for this game, especially number one. So how about you guys? How about you, Um, you obviously Mads? So I've played every Goblins game back in the day and again, but apart from the fourth one. But uh, mm. I have the exact same experience. The first one I had on my Amiga, I loved the the humor and I never got more than like three or four screens into it because, of course, the first one has an energy bar and you can die. Yeah. And uh, you, you need to learn how to manage that. And it's it's actually really, really simple. You find out when you pick it up again as, as an adult. <laughs> but uh, back then, I, I played it, I died, I wanted to go further, but uh, there were other games to play. Yeah. So, how, uh, how does that work? The energy bar, because it's quite simple, really. Um, Goblins One is a like a single screen puzzler, pretty much like Goblins Five has become again. Uh, and the the fun, what I love about Goblins One that makes it stand out from every every other um, point and click I've ever played is that it is, of course, 
completely puzzle focused, but also it encourages you to do things wrong by making it funny. So whenever you, you take a wrong mm. decision, whenever you do something wrong, there's a, a, a bespoke animation where one of your goblins gets into trouble and gets a hammer in, in the head or whatever happens. All, all sorts of things can frighten them. And whenever they get hurt or frightened or in any way comes in harm's way, they lose a bit of the energy bar. So you can only make like 10 mistakes, mm. for example, and then it's game over. Oh, that's quite punishing. But what, what you just need to do is that uh, you, you play the you play the screen, you, you figure out how to get through the screen by attempting a few times, dying a few times, and then you just reload, do it perfectly, and then you're at the next screen, you save there. And there's a save system. It's just a rather short-ish uh, password you can write down. So that it's actually quite easy to get through. Mm. But you need to do that. You need to make all the mistakes also because it's funny to make the mistakes in this game. So you need to make all the mistakes, figure out how to get through it, then reload, do it over again. And it's almost always only, I'd like to say, at most 10 steps because you, you figure out the right, right route through this in 10 steps. So you can quickly do it again and then you can save at the beginning of the next level with a full energy bar. Uh, okay, so, yeah, it just wants to waste your time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, it, it was a, a product of its time, I think. I think I had pretty much the same experience. Uh, I played uh, Goblins, the first one on my Amiga, for a long time. I don't even think I really finished it. I'm not sure. I think I went pretty far, but never really finished it. But I had this, the same the same experience. the The humor was the the best thing of that game, to the point that uh, it was inevitable at some point to even try to just um, use Ignatius to cast spells on everything, just to see what horrible things could happen out of that. Things like that. Yes, exactly. It was really really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is definitely what this game is all about. Just playing around with all the different characters. You have your three characters. You have the guy that can pick up things. And in Goblins One, if I remember correctly, you can only pick up one thing. There's no inventory, so you can pick no, up no. one thing yeah. and use it. And you have the other guy who can hit things. The guy <laughs> with the spiky helmet. Uh, and then you have Ignatius. That's the the wizard who can like do magic on things. So uh, and that's pretty much so it. Yeah. Having those three, you need to figure out how to get through the, the levels. And they are easy-ish because there are no like really hard timing-based puzzles. That comes later on. So my experience with the game is uh, Matt's uh, talking about uh, it in the Retro Asylum. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I know about the game Which before I, I played it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually did you know, it it's, it's, have uh, an idea of what it was. Uh, you talked about about it a lot, but I never it never clicked with me that it was a point and click adventure. So I don't I, okay. I thought it was a puzzle game, but uh, but it is more of a puzzle game, really. Isn't well, it? <laughs> we'll talk about it later, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to point out as well that the um, so th this it's being made in 1991, 1992, the first ones uh, have, didn't have a massive audio. So the, I think that it was like a like a workaround to have like funny voices and not real words when they were talking. And that I think is really funny and it makes me laugh to, yeah. you know, nowadays as well when they talk, I bet if they go, bit gibberish. I just think it's so funny. I think mm. it's so funny. And that has stayed from 1991 to 2023. Which is lovely. I like it. I really like that way of doing it. Yeah, there there is actually a, a horrible, horrible CD version of the first two, maybe three games with uh, full speech as well. 
Don't don't oh, wow. play that. No. <laughs> As I'm not playing four, I'm not going to play that. Is it with a French accent? No, I don't think it was. I, I've only played it like once, and it was so horrible, I turned it off immediately. So uh, <laughs> I, I like my uh, king to say, <laughs> Yeah. I think it's great. And, yeah. and what what's the difference with of the first... Of the second game with the first game, what uh, the se- what's the evolution of the series? So apart from the graphical overhaul, uh, the second introduces so where the first one is a single screen puzzler. There is a slight bit of mm-hmm. scrolling with the screens, but maybe only like two full screens of content. Then the the next one adds multiple scenes, so you have like three or four scenes tied together. It never becomes unwieldy. It never becomes like some like Magellan 2, for example, where you can travel the, feels like you can travel the entire world to figure out what you need mm. to do next. You, you only have like three or four scenes open at any given time. And uh, apart from that, there's also, you, you control two goblins, uh, Fingers and Winkle, and there is a, a very, very hard focus on timing-based puzzles. So you need to, mm. for example, in the very first screen, I can say without uh, spoiling too much, you need to get Winkle up on a roof and yeah. uh, he has to dangle a sausage in front of this old guy so he's uh, distracted while Fingers uh, pushes the doorbell, for example. So there's there's two, three seconds to do something right. And and that it, there's a, a very, very hard focus on those timing-based uh, puzzles. That's interesting because it's way different than other point-and-click adventures. Yeah, exactly. And you, exactly. you rarely see that in... Uh, oh, I, yeah, you're the expert. I very, very rare. I, I, I can't remember any other adventure games really where I've seen that uh, before. I'm pretty sure in the LucasArts ones there is something like that. No, like, but it's yeah. a one-off sort of thing. I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I do have a memory somewhere, a vague memory of maybe Monkey Island having one thing that was a bit si- time sensitive, but I, I can't put my finger on it right But you'd now. never get to, rep- in Monkey Island you can always only control Guybrush. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there could be some time-sensitive things within, but here where you have to control multiple characters and do something in, in lockstep time fashion, it's uh, it's a bit special. It's it's um, really well done in, I'd say, 95% of the game, but but the last five will have you swearing like a sailor in, in Goblins 2 because there are some of those timing-based puzzles mm. that are infuriating because you'll be trying the same thing 20 times until it finally, it finally hits on the right millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So the time it's a little bit too tight. Yes, in in a few of the levels, it definitely is. Yeah. Another thing I think that the author likes to do in these games is play around with perspective and uh, and the scenery. So sometimes you're not seeing something because that you can reach maybe because it's it's drawn in a way that you think, oh well, that is really something else. It's on another level, but then you can walk over to it. And I don't know if you've encountered this. <laughs> I think that's funny. And there is an example of this in Goblins Five as well, for me at least. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think that is a peculiarity of this this um, franchise itself. Uh, I think I've seen that in Goblins One uh, multiple times. Um, I can recall, for example, the the level where you go into the cave, uh, and I think that the Ignatius then mo- moves over to to flip one of the goblins up, but the the perspective of it wouldn't uh, wouldn't really let you think that, you know. And but it happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I've seen that in, the, in this new game as well. Yeah, yeah, they tend to do that. I think then, um, well, the drawings are really, really nice, and I think they've they've come across from all the series like very 
detailed and you know all the shadings you can tell he's really an artist and he spends his time also drawing them so you know going through Goblins one two uh three i haven't tried and four i haven't tried but um from what I've seen, uh, the art is always very well done and very meticulous. I wonder if that uh, yeah. what what was special in the five is that the items th- don't really look interactable, which is normally in a adventure games you, you can, can really see yeah. what mm-hmm. items are interactable or to be picked up. But somehow these items really blend into the scenery, which is quite nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually, I think maybe better i don't know uh just fitting more into the into the world i don't know if that's also in the older games but uh, that's one thing i noticed in goblins 5 so so definitely in the old old games they would always fit in often so much that you have to do the sweep oh yeah to i did that as well. what was interactive <laughs> which uh, <laughs> could be a bit annoying so later on they figured out to do uh, well make them a bit more obvious that you can pick them up but i i, I think you're probably right they aren't that obvious here, but still, you know what you're supposed to interact with. <laughs> Most of the time. Mm. I find. So back in the days, I never played Goblins 2. I think I just looked at it and then I thought, oh, another one of those. Goodbye. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was it for me. So I don't know if, uh, Diego, you, you've played 2. Did you play 2? I I never owned it, but I think I tried it out um, in in that like emulation era of... Uh, of gaming when right. yeah so well i i barely tried it the the second and third episodes and i i did remember that the timing was uh, a bit annoying mm. yeah but i uh, didn't have yeah, a really yeah. a th- through experience with those games to to have a solid opinion on how they were mm. i i only remember that i i somehow missed the original characters i thought those that trio was really the best and i'm very happy yes, that yes, goblins 5 goes back to the to oops ignatius and uh, asgard i i quite like uh, all of them I, I love fingers and wingle fingers is the 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 clever guy and wingle is the brute he's he's kind of this blue pointy goblin he looks like a little monster instead of a, a little well, person, which the other goblins do. I, I quite like their personalities because they, if, if you try to go talk to somebody as Fingers, he'll be nice and polite and try to get to the solution. If you do the same with, with Winkle, he'll punch them or he'll uh, annoy them in some way or insult them. And the same with interacting with items. Uh, Winkle is most likely to just try and eat something, for example, whereas uh, <laughs> Fingers will, <laughs> will do something sensible instead. So uh, I quite like the personality that he gave these uh, these characters uh, even in the third game as well. And the third game starts with you being, I think he's called Blunt, uh, just a single goblin. It's only, it only has one eye in the in the name as well, Goblin 3. So yeah, initially yeah. you'd be excused if you think that you'll only be, be playing as one character and there'll be no timing-based puzzles anymore. But you'd be wrong if you, if you think that because uh, very early on in the game you meet a little parrot and then he's Chump. your second character, Chump. Mm-hmm. And later on, you meet uh, Winona, and uh, there's the wolf uh, as well. Uh, spoilers, that is actually Blunt. He's a werewolf. Um, so so <laughs> you get to do these uh, timing-based puzzles again and have uh, lots of characters with personality to control. So a joy to play as well. Uh, but I, I feel the third one is the one with the best story to tell, really. That's where it gets more into point-click mm. adventure, for my mind. Where the puzzles are still there, and then they're they're 
the front and center, but the the storytelling is is now more important again. I find. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I can only but agree with that sentiment. I think another uh, perspective that I bring is when I was playing Goblins One and part of the second one as well. It um, not always, but. A lot of time, it seemed to be a little bit far-fetched. I did write some notes down as well when I played yes. it. Like, you you make some, you do some actions that to produce the results that you would not expect. I think one is you whisper in the ear of, of a guy sitting down in front of a fire or something like that, and then something appears on the floor. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. So, I mean, in my opinion, that was a bit like, oh, is it like this? Oh, I didn't remember it like that. But thank God, let's say, thank God, thank for me, thanks for me. When I played the number five, that was no, not uh. anywhere like that. I mean, uh, okay, for, not, not for me, not uh, for me. I don't know if I agree, but uh, it's probably better than the first game, uh, of course. I, I think I'd actually agree because it, the story feels and the puzzles feels more coherent in the fifth game and, and less wacky than they were in, in the first and second, for example. Maybe more online with what what you see in the third game as well. But, uh, maybe, okay. yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, however, because uh, yes, the the wackiness of the first uh, sometimes feels like uh, how how could I ever figure this out, other than trying everything in a certain screen. Mm, but yeah, uh, exactly. on the other hand, maybe I would say the five is. Uh, too easy to to guess most of the times compared to the first so it mm. depends also what's what's your mood when you're playing these games like do you want to uh, have an easy relaxed kind of a point and click then goblins 5 is much more relaxing than goblins the first but if if you'd rather uh, have some more challenging times and also like to be surprised by the the walkiness then than the first so. yeah yeah i think you're right i think but but also the fifth game does get more uh difficult later on i think but you're spot on with one thing the whole trying everything on everything is normally something that's really really frowned upon in an adventure game but that's not a problem in these adventure games because it's so restricted in scope you always in, in the first game there is one scene so there that's is true 10 active points, eight active points you can do something with. So trying everything on everything is not a problem. It's just fun because uh, you laugh or you see your characters fail at doing all sorts of things. So, mm-hmm. so that's actually what makes this game stand apart from other games as well because you don't get annoyed when you have to try everything on everything, which I would in pretty much any other point and click. But now we skipped over Goblins 4. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, <laughs> yes. What's, no, we what's the story that, yeah. behind that? Because everyone hates it seemingly... Uh... So, so funny thing is that uh, when you finish Goblins 5, there's the credits roll. And in the credits at some point, it says, yes, I made... Uh, so the credits are written by Pierre himself because he's pretty much the only one who made Goblins 5. <laughs> That's just his name. Yes, yes. And lo- yeah, <laughs> lots of times his name. And he wrote also there that I made the Goblins 1, 2, and 3 along with this other guy and... It never mentions Scotland's four, so I, I I don't know if that's the black sheep of the of the family, but uh, I just got my hands on a copy, so uh, I've got it right here. 
wonderful yeah. podcasting showing the, the, the cover here. Uh, <laughs> and I installed it. You need you need a Windows XP machine to run it. I can't run it on Windows 10. Hmm. Installed it on an old machine, and, and I'm actually looking forward to having a look at it. But it, it took the, the dreadful step into 3D, and uh, that, of course... I've only seen the first scene, but it, it totally killed the charm of the whole hand-drawn, beautiful, cartoon-like. I mm. mean, Pierre is a cartoonist. He does cartoons for for uh, newspapers and stuff as well. So so that style is, is completely gone. And now it's rendered in a kind of blocky, not so beautiful 3D. But, but some of the humor is there, I see. So maybe it's good. The weird thing is it looks like an early 3D game. But it is yeah. quite modern, I think. What when was it released? Yeah, when was it released? I, I can't remember. I can probably see here on the cover. 2009. Yeah. Yes, it, it should looks look like, a lot better. <laughs> it looks like 1999 or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, you're probably right. Early 2000s would yeah. have been better than 2009. Yes. So, uh, 3DFX voodoo. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> graphics. Yeah. Way farther than that. Yeah, so uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people just saw the graphics and thought, mm, maybe not for me. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is definitely a departure from the beautiful style of the of the old games, but... I'm actually looking forward to playing through it anyway because uh, he Pierre was still involved, so I'm hoping it still has that wacky humor and uh, yeah. Let's actually, see. I, let's I see find that I those that. those cheap 3D graphics rather charming now. Maybe when it released, you when it you? released at the time, then you think, oh, this is the, this mm. is ugly because it's not the top of the line uh, graphics. But now it just looks ret- retro 3D, and then it's. Good again. I, I think it's because you're so young, Wouder. It's, it's <laughs> because uh, us other guys here, we grew up with beautiful, beautiful 2D pixel art. So uh, I, I know for certain that I hated 3D yeah, when it started too. getting introduced. It took many years before I could accept 3D as, a, same, as any same kind here. of graphics on the PC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You never played Quake? I remember seeing... <laughs> I did, uh, I did. <laughs> I remember seeing, what was it, Nintendo 64 and thinking, wow, that's garbage. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I I don't know. It took me years, years before I, even when they were the early titles, um, Pandemonium. I don't know if you guys Mm, know. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the, uh, I played it on PC, but I had a 3DFX card, I think, at the time. And it looked nicer, but still, my God, very basic. It was later on with NVIDIA, maybe TNT too. I don't remember now when it was, uh, oh my God, what's the game? Anyways, uh, there was another game. It started looking a bit better when the, the particles started coming um, to the screen, let's say. And then I remember play, one of my first games I finished was Sin in, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. First person shooting. It's in the Quake engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, uh, my mind was blown when... Uh, uh, Quake 2 was shown to me with a voodoo card for the first time and then I yes. thought okay this is yeah. this 3D I can live with and then later on I saw the the uh, 3D puberty uh, Nintendo was getting through the <laughs> with the Nintendo 64 <laughs> and I thought wow so this looks like trash because I was was really used to yeah. that 3D of uh, the 3D FX uh, stuff I was a PC gamer as well, so uh, the whole, uh, I had a PS1, but the whole PlayStation 1 and N64 era of games on those consoles, I, I, I don't look back with them, back at them fondly, and if I pick them up these days, I think that that style of 3D is horribly dated, uh, oh. and I, I don't love it in any way, but I understand that a lot of younger people do, and of course they do. Yeah, but that for me, was it wasn't child. my childhood, but now I can really 
easily pick up uh, those early 3D games. So that 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 Goblin yeah. 4 game looks all right to me. Of course, it's way different than all the <laughs> other Goblins games, but uh, yeah, there's also a certain mm-hmm. charm. So maybe you'll maybe you'll have a look at it. <laughs> we'll talk yeah, about it later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Much later. Tomb Raider on PS One. That's what I have to say. Not good. Oh one. yes. Not yes. a good one. I I saw it recently and I was like, oh my god, no no no. Sorry, we went a bit off topic here. I do apologize. So yeah, uh, Goblins Four. Um, good luck with that. I'm sure I'm certainly not going to play that. I think because uh, after seeing it in 3D, it's not going to be for me. But I know. Do- you have... Do you know if the controls are at least point and click, or is it like a it is, Monkey it is. Island? I, I just played like no, it's point and click. I just played ten minutes of it earlier today, so it's just point and click when in a three. Oh yeah, that's better than the Monkey Island. I couldn't use the the controls in the Monkey Island at three D one. Is it four as well? Yeah, yeah, that's Monkey yeah. Island four. I, I stopped. Yeah. So it's funny because uh, Monkey Island four is uh, made in the Grime engine, which was also used to to make uh, Grim Fandango, and Grim Fandango is quite controllable, mm. really, really well to to mm. play. But uh, you're right, Monkey Island four had uh, trouble with that as well. Good stuff. Uh, I want to play the latest Monkey Island as well. I haven't played that yet. Um, That's a think, beauty. I, it looks really I know, nice. But it ta- mm. uh, as you know, it takes time <laughs> for us three to so, play. So, uh, yes. uh, uh, so, I actually want to know, you you all are point-and-click adventure game fans? I, I certainly was. When I had yeah. time to play longer games, maybe now I'm being taken behind, but I think we played many together, as a matter of fact, because it was quite quite yeah. common that when we saw each other on uh, holidays, uh, either one of us had a new point and click, and so we spent time together, and the other one just uh, just tried it for the first time. Yeah, I think we played uh, Indiana Jones and uh, not the Fate of Atlantis. Oh, maybe also that, but also the Last, the Last Crusade. Crusade. Yeah, on the Amiga, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So point and click games are the are the perfect co op games because Definitely. there are hard puzzles to figure out, and there's a story mm. being told, so they they're really nice to play together. Because I uh, I never played uh, point and click adventure games as a kid because of course they're all in English, and uh, when you're a kid you can't read it, so. And never translated to Dutch. So I played a lot of them later, but mostly the classics like uh, Monkey Island, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Day of the Tentacle. And and I even played some recent ones like the Double Fine Adventure, the Broken Age one. I quite yeah. like that as well. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, so, yeah, I have experience with it. I don't know if it's my favorite genre, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I know what it is. And uh, for me, it's always the story which is which has to be good or the humor yep. which has to be good to yep. have appeal to me yeah. so i of course i played them in english as well but i had to teach myself english because i really wanted to uh, to play them so it's i think a lot of my english skills i can say thank you to stuff like uh Magellan and loom and the early LucasArts games but you didn't yeah. get them in yeah. your own language as well no. okay so our language is far too small no, nobody would would uh, translate into that because well, at least oh. in, <laughs> likely because Italy is a little bigger. Uh, we yes. we did get many translations. I I think that for example, Monkey Island. I first played it in in Italian, but um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it anyway because um, well, especially with the humor, some things really can't translate 
well enough. And then mm. there were all those famous scenes when y- you are in the jungle and you have to train yourself in the proper pirate combat style. Insult. Yeah. Insult sword fighting. So the many best. of those didn't really come out properly in Italian. And I, mm. I remember thinking, well, is this supposed to be fun or something? And uh, <laughs> yeah, the original version is, is, is always the best. Unless the game maybe is Italian. Well, uh, that, and that brings me to an interesting point. The original Goblins is, of course, in French. Yes, indeed. Yes. I wonder uh, what the differences I'm sure it are. It would be a lot better in French because uh, their, their English uh, skills aren't stellar. Let's just say <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> yeah, some things uh, flew over my head uh, because I thought, uh, is this uh, mm. cr- translated correctly or is this a joke? Or yeah. is this? Uh, so I got exactly <laughs> the same feeling you're describing a uh, Monkey Island in Eng- uh, Italian as this mm. game in English uh, sometimes. So uh, that's also yep. an interesting point of discussion. But maybe we should mm-hmm. start talking about Goblins yeah, 5. Very- it's a good idea. Yes, yes. So uh, I think um, so. You, Guido, and Diego have played the first uh, part of it. So it comes in four parts. I think the first part is a demo. They're all downloadable on each. You have to pay $11 and you get five zips. And each zip is one of the parts. I think uh, there was some hiccups mm, during the making of the game. But the first part is free. I think it's the demo. Uh, correct me if I'm yep. wrong. That's the first part, and it's the uh, first four screens. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's uh, 16 screens in total, probably, or something along those lines, because it's it's just those four parts. But uh, do you know why it was cut into four parts? It, it wasn't to make a demo. No, 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 I know, uh, I know, but yeah, say it, say it, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's because he had some uh, technical limitations with the Adventure Game Studio that he's using, so he couldn't figure out how to combine it into one one big game. Wow. So uh, there was, there was a, a problem with ha- having that many resources in one game um, with the way he was coding it. So so it was actually just a necessity. But I think he's getting people to help him to collect it into one big game because it's it's going to be released on, uh, on Steam. I think there is maybe even a Switch version in the making and... So I think he's gotten some help now. So probably that means the game has been a success, I guess. Yeah, I think there's number two in the works, isn't it, as well? So yeah, that's cool. Pix, Pix said that. I don't know where he heard that. Cool. But, uh, on yeah, Twitter, that's a good news. Uh, he said. Oh, it's because I'm not on socials. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly, I don't know if I should say this now or later, but I am gobsmacked that someone like Pierre Gilhoz doesn't have other people to help him do this sort of stuff, first of all. And then mm-hmm. secondly, I think... Uh, I'm sure you're familiar, you've seen Cuphead. Cuphead is a PC game and it looks like a cartoon. So I can only imagine what Pierre Guillaume could do. I'm not saying he does, obviously, um, like a platformer, but with graphics like that, he could have them of that sort of quality and play around. That would be really, wow. I would really like to see that if they could do something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this project was just somewhat of a one-man passion project. He wanted to do a, a new Goblins game, so that's mm-hmm. why he did it. And and I think it's hard these days to get money to do a point-and-click. No, no publishers want to go into it. So maybe now that he's made the first one and he's shown that there hopefully it's is a little market for it, they, maybe they'll be interested. Yeah. yeah, I really hope so, for sure. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Diego and Wido, you've played the first part. Uh, so maybe you can you can both talk about that. And then maybe 
Mads and I can go a bit further along with the other sections, if that's all right. So uh, I can uh, talk about the first screen. There are 16 screens. And when you think about the screen, then you think, oh, that's maybe... If you think about a puzzle game with 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 the screen, then you think maybe that's five minutes of gameplay. But uh, you will be wrong in this game. Uh, I think every screen took me around maybe an hour, 50 minutes, something like that. So uh, it's every screen is basically its own adventure game. I feel a little a little adventure game. So it's a little world with a, sc- a scrolling screen. And you have a limited amount of items and a little bit limited amount of interactive elements in those screens. So uh, some characters you can talk with, some uh, other things like plans, stuff like that. So um, it's really like a really small little adventure game of its own, every screen. And uh, in the first screen, you start with uh, three characters, the same characters uh, Matt's already described uh, in... Uh, of the first game. Oops, Ignatius and Asgard. Right, so Oops is uh, the guy who can talk to everyone. It's a little wimpy guy. He can uh, he can talk with uh, everyone. Uh, he looks a little bit like a gnome, with a, like a garden gnome. It's not wimpy, <laughs> poor, poor guy. <laughs> and he can talk with everyone and he can pick up uh, items. And then you have the Asgard, who is, uh, who is uh, like a Viking. He, uh, he has like the... <laughs> the horned yeah. helmet uh, on his head and he has he's like uh, has a lot of mu- muscles and the only thing he can do is uh, basically yeah. punch everything <laughs> sometimes he makes some uh, remarks but uh, he's most uh, the guy you use to punch everything so then there's the magician which is called uh, Ignatius and uh, he has a staff uh, with an eye and that, that staff also has a sort of personality I think and uh, he can uh, s- do a lot of spells on items or persons or stuff like that. I think that, that staff always... is his personality. He can't speak without the staff. He There's speaks some... through the staff. He speaks through the staff. He, uh, later ah. on, he loses that uh, for a while and he can't say anything. <laughs> ah, spoiler alert. <laughs> so uh, you start in a, in a park and um, you, you, you see a, a wolf uh, character and uh, he's uh, really angry at you. I don't know wh- why anymore, but he... Uh, says uh, something in the lines, uh, clean up the park. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of trash around in the park and all the flowers are uh, are all uh, weathered and uh, uh, all the flowers all, ha- all have faces as well. So they all are really uh, yeah, almost crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and the first thing you do is just pick up all the trash. So did you pick it. up why you're picking up all the trash? I, I don't know anymore. Oh, the story yeah. was that they, they have been, uh, after the, the end of the last game, they, of course, were celebrated as heroes when they got back home. They always have to help the king with something in these games. First mm. uh, game, the king is being tortured by some wizard who has a like a voodoo doll of him. In the second game, the king's uh, child has been kidnapped by a maniac, some demon, and, and so on and so forth. So they help the king, but they, they, they come back after helping the king and they... They have a party, and maybe the party was a, a bit too wild, so uh, <laughs> stuff happened, and they end up in jail, and now they're doing their civic duty and cleaning ah. up. That's how they <laughs> pay back. <laughs> that, that totally flew over my head already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm always super bad in following along stories somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
yeah, and there are, are pretty well to characters in this scene, uh, uh, like a tree, which is like looks like a stoner or something with a. It's yeah, the tree has a face and a guitar. The venerable tree, yeah. yeah. He's like a hippie, isn't he? Yeah, I, I assume there's a lot of references to older games. Uh, uh, yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, of course, I didn't play them, so. I think Asgard's T-shirt actually uh, has a picture of one of one of the, the foes, the enemies from the first game. So there, yeah, lots of references. <laughs> yeah, some of them flew over my head as well. Like I, I don't remember them all, and I didn't have the time to play them all. But yeah, for sure, there's loads of reference. I think also the magazine that the the tree guy is reading as well must be a reference of some of some sort. But this was the story. I think we should say about the, you know, the long, obviously it starts off like this, but then you start finding out that, peop- yeah, that you, these you, people. Yeah, you find been- a, a character who looks like a potato and you think, hmm, what's this about? And when you use the staff on him uh, with the wizard, then you can shortly see that he once looked like a normal human being and uh, oh. he has some kind of curse or something. And uh, that's where the story sort of starts, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you help everyone uh, clean up the park. And after that, you get picked up uh, by an anchor from the sky. And then you will go to the second screen. Mm. It's because you're called to buy the king to come and, and help because there's a problem. So yeah. important. They've been pardoned, and it was well. Anyways, yeah. So Diego, do you want to maybe take it this? From well, here? I'm not, I'm not sure if we want to tell the rest of the story, really, even if it's just the first few chapters. But uh, yeah, let's not spoil too much. It should be fun for the players <laughs> as well. So uh... yeah, mm-hmm. it was fun to me to to whenever I finish a level to see to think, okay, what what, what am I going to see in the next level? What what's the environment? Because every Every level, as as Vito said, it's like it's small, self-contained area that has its own theme in a sense, and it's nice to see always what's coming next. Let's talk about uh, the experience of playing the game. For example, for me, the first thing that I thought immediately, even though I I knew the very well the first one and I knew a little bit about the second and third. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind is, on one hand, a sense of uh, familiarity with the characters because I, I remember them a little bit, but also the striking visual that looks just like a comic book, really, a, a very good comic book, in my opinion. So um, it's not exactly a pixel art game. I wouldn't call it a pixel art game at all. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more advanced than them than that. Uh, it's essentially a 2D point-and-click game, but it looks so nicely like a, a drone comic book to me that I think this is really a big part of the charm of this game. I, I love just how it look, looked. And uh, as you say, Pierre is uh, it's a real uh, artist, a real designer. You can, you can tell from the details that you find around every, all, all around every screen and the objects also uh, have these kind of funny little touches 
and uh, the characters that you encounter there. You've already talked about the characters in the first screen, so you can say like uh, the the wolf reminded me a little bit like that um, uh, Disney wolf. That's not a very famous character. I don't even know how it's called in English, to be honest. It's a minor character from the Disney uh, secondary stories. Do you know how it's called? Okay, so so it's not just the big bad wolf. Or... I don't know. I really I know the Italian name of it. It's it's a chiele. What's that then? It's a chiele lupo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I actually know. Uh, that is just the big oh, bad okay. wolf. Actually, uh, he, yeah. He's it a somehow reminded yeah. me like a little bit uh, more heavy metal version of that character. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. More buff. <laughs> and um, and the flowers uh, that that you mentioned that were all all sad and like wilted a little bit. They, it every everything in the screen has its own charm and personality. In my opinion, that's it's really really something mm. uh, great. Even though the old games had the same thing, but uh, it it does seem to me that the game got better. And it doesn't make me miss that much the the other episodes. Meaning, it doesn't ruin the other episodes, but it doesn't also make me feel like okay, this is just a, a modern title, just to continue the IP and so on. It it felt really, really um, well 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 designed, well decided, so to speak. A passion work. So it's definitely both graphically and uh, in in its uh, well in its its design back to the the level design and the graphic design of the first game, which I like. I, I like that that's where he drew his uh, inspiration this time. I'm, I'm hoping he does uh, something that feels like a continuation of the second game in in Goblin Six. Then, but this this was definitely back to the the first game, one scene at a time, one big scene with well spanning a few screens, but you, there was there was still one. Well, combined screen, right? And uh, and uh, the same mm. three characters, and less focus on the timing based stuff. So, so and the graphical style for me felt most like the first game, but of course now in a whooping six forty by four eighty resolution. So uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I I saw when I uh, installed this game. Yeah, um, I love that. That was a design choice he he made uh, uh, knowingly. He he wanted that instead of having two. Well, he, he wanted the pixely look really without doing pixel art. Hmm. So so six forty by four eighty still leaves room to, to draw things instead of just dotting them out. And that, that was the, the perfect size for him. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's a sort of it looks kinda of child childish cartoon graphical style, but it it really has a lot of adult themes. It looks really much like the the 80s, 90s cartoon style you'd see in newspapers on the back yeah. side of newspapers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that is, of course, that is what he's going for. Mm. But, but that's the that's the charm for me. I mean, yes. yeah, totally. If, if they did a, a, a video game on Ren and Stimpy, I probably wouldn't, you know, it's not the same. That is what I want. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So part of this, uh, there are so many also details and I don't know, I suppose I would say bespoke things that he has done inside the game. So... For example, you're chatting to someone and it doesn't just talk like in a, let's say an adventure game. It writes the text. As I said, the, the, the characters have like whimsy voices and very funny um, 
<laughs> also, little chants. So sometimes when they can't do an action, that you'll hear a little song, something like yeah. that. <laughs> That's so funny, I think. But also, sometimes if you trigger a conversation, a little like vi vignette, a little uh, like illustration pops up. Yeah, like a panel, like a comic panel. Yeah, and there you see like the detail that he pours into these uh, comics and you see the face of, oops, close up. And what he looks like... I don't know, I would say cute, but it's a bit of a stretch, but he looks like, all right. But then when he, when he's close up, you can see all his pimples, all his things. He looks like really old. He's got bags. It's just like, my God, it's, it's really, it's really well done under that aspect as well. And there are parts of the game that you find later on, uh, where you you maybe you come forward in the z in the z axis, and I'm think I think it's always the first level we're talking about here later on. So he removes that they all move left and right, but in some instances they come towards the screen, and then he's done all that manually. He's drawn the characters coming closer, and it's oh what a touch! I really thought that was magnificent when I saw it. Really nice stuff. Yeah, I, I like the, the storytelling, as you say, as well, where something is just text, but sometimes these little like thought pop bubbles pop up and then you see a little comic inside that. That's how the, the story was told with the, them actually being jailed after the last game and, and so on. And, and, and yeah, lots of lots of little parts of the story that can better be told in images are told like that. And that, yeah, that's just uh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, Diego. Do you want to add anything else about the gameplay and your experience? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, when it comes to the puzzle, I must say that uh, I found them a little bit too easy for my tastes. But uh, as you already said, I'm, fortunately, I only went as far as playing the demo. I didn't do my homeworks and well, continued. Well, it took four but... hours for me. So <laughs> four hours. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised. I think it took less than two to me. I, I oh, did. Really? I did get stuck almost in every area. There was yeah. one thing I didn't notice. It took me a, a good while to to switching to this try everything mode until I noticed that oh, there's a little thing there in in the picture that I I thought it wasn't interactable with, and instead it is. Almost every level, probably all all levels, had at least one 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 kind of thing like that. Yeah, but otherwise, most of the things was a lot more straightforward than I was expecting. But maybe it's just because it's the early levels. So well, well, that's that's why I uh, struggle to call this a puzzle game, because I think when you talk about puzzles, then you think about thinking <laughs> and actually what i did was most of the time was just clicking using something on something else and sometimes you can think okay someone uh, says he wants a certain thing and then you can sort of use logic to to uh, to figure out what to do but most of the time you're just clicking around and following the story so it doesn't feel for me like a puzzle game it's more like it's just an interactive story <laughs> oh no no! You're so very wrong. But you're just uh, just uh, not you're not a true adventure gamer. I I can hear because us veterans probably had no problem. I I would like to say an hour for every screen is, is More completely less. outrageous for me as well. I like Diego. I think I spent tops thirty minutes per screen for the entire game, 
because I, I know how to think like a, a point-and-click adventure gamer. And, and I also found the puzzles quite logical. It was, uh, it was yes. rarely that I needed to try everything with everything. I, I, I maybe did that five times throughout the game. Got stuck so much that I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this with that and this with that. Most of the puzzles made sense. Okay, yeah, that's maybe... Uh, it took me just so long sometimes. I was stuck because you have to do something in the right order. So sometimes mm. you already see, okay, there's a hole there. It's, there's probably something inside of the, that. And then you interact with that item and the character does nothing with it. And then mm. uh, you have to do something else first, uh, which is really random sometimes. And then and then suddenly he, he goes for that... Uh, for that uh, thing I already always wanted to, him to do. So it's it's really, sometimes it was really annoying. And I can exactly see it. the first screen only took me 20 minutes. But the mm. second screen took me yeah, Did you time a full yourself? hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because I got so stuck, uh, well, there uh, there is, um, in the second screen, there is a, a, a thing which is interactable, but... Um, there, there. Well, I can, I can probably just say it. There's a, because I will help a lot of people. I think <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a. The, you are in a ship, and there is a fish net there, and mm. I never bother to click on that fish net. And if you never bother to click on that, then uh, you never get the fish, and then you have nope. a big problem. Then you're walking around a lot, and uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I think it took me um, a half an hour to, to click that thing. So uh, mm. that's why I, I struggle to call this a puzzle because it's just mm. pure luck that you find that thing you clicked at the right moment in the right time. Mm, I disagree. I disagree with this. I disagree. <laughs> I think... That's good. If you... <laughs> They, they, oh, in that particular puzzle, there is a very big hint that it displayed in capital letters when they write it out. And that's, you need to read that and understand what it means. And then yep. you have to kind of think, oh, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Let's have a look around. And well, I, I completely missed that hint. Mm. There are actually, a f in, in that particular level, a few things that are kind of spelled out when you think about it afterwards. Yeah, they, yeah, if you yeah. talk to the mermaid and, or you talk to the, the boatsman or you, well, there's something in a bag, in a, not a bag, a, uh, oh, what's it called? There the is barrel. A, is there, it's a barrel. Yeah, yeah they say, they, the they say exactly like, oh, there's something in the barrel, then, okay, that's cool. But that I, mm. I somehow, I never bothered to click on that fishnet because it's also sort of out of the scenery. It's like in the bottom of the screen. Uh, it mm. doesn't feel like you can reach it. And uh, mm. I, I don't know. It's so as soon as something, when you, in the game, when you when your mouse hovers something you can interact with, it says the name of the thing. There's a little text. Yeah, of course, but up. there's also a lot of stuff yeah. you can't interact with, with the name popping up. For example, there's a sock on that ship. Oh. And that it says it's, it's a Is sock, there? but... You never can do anything with it. Yeah. Okay, but you can still interact with it. You can go to it, you can look at it, and he'll say it's just a sock, and then you've interacted think, with it. So yeah, everything you need to click on, you need to click on. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> uh, when I think about puzzles, <laughs> then I think about, yeah, I don't know, uh, yeah, just like thinking ahead. Like, uh, I, mm. I, I don't know. It's I, I sometimes str struggle to call this a puzzle game, and... and Maybe that comes later in, in uh, later in the game. I also only pl played the demo, but 
I think I played a, a text adventure. I'm sure Pierre would call it an adventure game, so that's just fine. Yeah, I think it's mostly <laughs> um, following along an interactive story and 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 mm. uh, and figuring out and and see all the fun stuff which happens on screen, and uh, and then I think okay, um, is it fun enough to uh, play it all the way through? And that's, uh, yeah, I think I think. It is, um, but with the caveat that you like the typical French circus humor, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is really yes. the humor Definitely. is really like the like the circus clown uh, stuff and uh, a li- okay. little silly yep. dances. Uh, also a reference to to mm. yeah to little bit sexual references sometimes, and I don't know. It's typical French for me. Very mild, very mild. But also, like like Mad said, um, for example, this sort of humor. I need to say this because I have it. I, I did write it down because I found it really funny. I don't <laughs> think it's a circus kind of funny. If you speak to the mermaid about someone that she used to like multiple times, it becomes really funny what happens mm. and what you see on the screen. And mm. I found that, like, how many of those yeah, did he but, draw? <laughs> but I honestly laughed I about it, really, it. Yes. like laughed out really loud funny. while playing this. Yeah, me, so, uh, yeah, me too, me too. It was funny, but it's really, it really felt so French to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's, <laughs> French uh, have a tip, sort of humor. Well, like the uh, uh, like British also have like a dark humor or something. That's just a typical kind of humor. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I can put my finger on it, but uh, it really felt French to me, which... Yeah, it was not not a negative thing per se, but uh, <laughs> the important thing is, did you have fun with it? Uh, well, I had fun mm. until I got stuck because uh, I don't know because uh, you have to talk to someone mm. ten times before something triggers <laughs> to continue. So, were, were you busy for a deadline when you were playing it? No, I didn't feel like that. Okay, because if you've just been playing it up till we were talking now, then again, that's the wrong way to play an adventure game. I got stuck a few times here, but what I did was get stuck, be stuck for five, ten minutes, then turn it off, get back to it mm. next day, and I'd be having the solution within a minute or two because you you come back to it with a fresh mind and you're ready to, to yeah, try. Yeah, I, I had stuff, troubles. So. I, don't, I don't, didn't know if the game saved or not or something, so I thought... I have to play the whole screen. See, that's actually, there are some technical limitations. So the game doesn't mm. save. It just remembers which level you're in. That's all it does. And, and there's no way of going out of a level without having the right stuff in your inventory, for example. He made sure of that. And, and so he can just, uh, he just his save game is really just one number. So probably he needs like four bits to be <laughs> <the> save game. <laughs> because it's just, uh, you're at level seven. And then you can start there. That's what I was afraid about. That I thought, okay, when I quit playing now, then uh, then I have to start over. And I thought, no, you're done with the first part, with the right? First, yeah, with the then demo. You just, yeah, you just start, start the second part, and 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 you can just start from. The yeah, fifth of level course, there, but so I don't uh, didn't want to stop midway into a level because I thought. No, and and you're right. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. So, That's well, uh, this is. Let's be honest, this game, as much as I love it, it's also amateur <laughs> hour. This is a single guy who has, uh, who knows a lot about game design and graphics, and he's a, be- he's a very talented artist, but he's not a coder. And he's done this himself in Adventure Game Studio. So there's definitely some amateur hour stuff going on here. There's a, there's a game-breaking bug that both me and Pix uh, ran into in level 
eight, I'd like to say. The puppet one. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you're walking around in a dream at some point. I can say that without uh, just without having two big spoilers here. But uh, when you're walking around in that dream, you you need to do mm. like twelve things, something like that. If you do lucky. them in the wrong order, you can get stuck, and it's a game a game breaking bug. You can do nothing. I, I spent. That's where I got stuck the longest. I spent maybe forty five minutes running around there, thinking, "What haven't I done before?" and trying everything on everything until finally I turned it off, got back next morning, and I had to start over, of course, and then the buck was there no more because now I knew what to do, so I mm. did it in the right order. <laughs> All right. Mm. I didn't come across this. So Pix did say, I thought he said, look at the blurry stuff when I posted that picture, and that was yeah. the different, oh, no, it was the same level. So I did that first, Yep. and then I did the dream. Uh, yeah, I think so. it's only in the dream. It's if you do stuff in the dream in the wrong order. Uh, I think I was a bit uh, was lucky then. slow, really, to get through the dream. So maybe I saw those loops got running just a bit too long. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So here's my experience uh, of when I played it. So I started off on obviously level one, uh, as, as everyone else. And I thought, yeah, I, I, at the beginning, I really didn't understand um, if it was going to be like, as I said, I, like Goblin's one. And I slowly, the first level, I was slowly trying to get to grips with the mechanics again because there are some parts of the game that are not extremely clear. Well, they weren't for me in the beginning, which were, for example, if you do something that doesn't work, does it say something or does it just not do anything? Sometimes it just says no. Sometimes you click and it just, uh, and it, you know, uh, mm. it just doesn't do anything do any effect at all uh sometimes you click with a mage and he says he just says no and other times he does the little uh chant that I, <laughs> I i performed earlier so i really didn't understand what, what, if i was doing stuff right or if i if i had to try again uh that was a bit of a small learning curve at the beginning and same goes uh, for um, oops. So he was talking to people, and then I I thought I had finished. It turns out that's not the, that was yeah. not the case. You talk multiple times until the dialogue is over. Then you do something, and maybe something's changed. And there's um, in the level with a, with a snail. There's something exactly with a big giant snail bus. There's something exactly like it that I was trying to find out at the end. I couldn't finish it. And I was like, oh. and then it's then when I realized that I have to speak again. And say once I've understood these mechanics and how they work, then I started like grinding, grinding. So I started off maybe taking an hour or even two hours the first time. I don't remember. And then slowly, slowly, I entered sort sort of a zone, like uh, so the focus zone. They would say at work, and I was like, and I really could just see and just start da, 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 do this, do that, and I I would be smooth as a, like really smooth as a I don't know as a eel. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I I think I think uh, I had the same experience because I feel the the lost the very lost the screen of the demo with where you uh, where you help the king. Um, I think I figured yeah. that out pretty fast, but then again, there's there's still a lot of stuff. I I thought okay, I can probably do something with this, but you have to do certain stuff before, and then suddenly it's interactable, yeah. which is mm. <laughs> really like. Why? Why can't I just do this? But uh, it feels really like something 
of it's time. Or, yeah, but it's new. But it's, it feels like it's it's something from the ni- it does, 90s it, it or something. Does, like, so, Andy, you touch on something important here. There are no dialogue trees in this game as you're probably used to in a, in a point-and-click adventure game. So you mm-hmm. could assume that once you clicked a guy and he said his piece, that would be it. But uh, a good advice for people who wants to play this want to play this game is that you need to click the characters you're talking to multiple times until they say the same thing twice. Then you're done, mm-hmm. and and you can yeah. be stuck at a puzzle if they don't give you the right information, of course. So after you learn that, then it's it's a lot quicker to move through the game. But I, I did actually uh, not figure that out immediately as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it took me a bit longer in the beginning. That's true. Yeah, is that something new from for this? Uh, this game wasn't it in the earlier Goblin games? I'm sure I've seen that in other games before, but uh, I've seen that in other games before. It's, it's just that in modern games, it's not something you do anymore. Then you, you kind of signal that you're done talking in, in, in a more elegant way. Here, you need to c- continue trying until they say the same twice, right? Yeah, and th- mm. but, but also, even when they say the, the same thing twice, then you maybe action something. And then you go back to the same character. The dialogue has changed once, and then yes, you can do something different. So you're not used to that. <laughs> but but normally, I would say, I don't think I can I can think of even one instance where it didn't make sense. Where with the action you'd done, it didn't make sense to go back and talk to that person. I, I've never got yeah. stuck on not oh, knowing. Oh, I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> Maybe something I flew okay. over my head again, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe it's also. Uh, experience in adventure <laughs> games maybe but yeah we also maybe yeah it's it's also good that listeners who never played an adventure game i don't know if this is a great start <laughs> to to start playing adventure games i don't I, know i think this series uh, probably isn't a great start to people who haven't played adventure games before uh, per se so no you're probably right but uh what i liked was there was actually also timing puzzles in this version and actually, I really enjoyed those, uh, where you have to sometimes do something with one character and then distract someone, for example, and then go with the other character somewhere else. And I, I really like those mm. because yes. for me, that's where the unique gameplay uh, stands out. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if that continues later on into the game. Oh, it does. Because it, it becomes, the, first, uh, the first screen, you don't have it. And then later on, it in- introduces uh, that mechanic. Yeah, it's used uh, a lot the throughout game. the game, uh, throughout the later game. And if you like that part, you you definitely like the, the second and third games as well. Yeah, hmm. especially, well, yeah, of course. And uh, there's a level um, at the, what is it? Yeah, in part four, where you there's a lot of that. So you really need to be very careful on um, coordinating actions between oops and mm. you know, I I feel that that's where the the thinking starts. Uh, like okay, uh, you have to sort of think ahead of uh, what to do, and then uh, oh, when I do this, then I can do that. Uh, I don't know. That it feels more that felt more more like a puzzle to me than just clicking stuff and talking to someone and mm. picking up an item and use the item on someone. And yeah, I don't know. It feels. So picking up the item and using it is called an inventory puzzle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the term you use in an yeah, adventure game. Just, that's called an inventory t- puzzle. So uh, <laughs> it's just I think such maybe a long you just have different uh, defini- definitions of puzzles. 
I, I feel just you have to think for puzzles and I didn't feel it's like but, but <laughs> if you pick something up and use it somewhere unless you do it the stupid way and pick it up and use it on every single thing you can do that actually involves thinking as well so you need to figure yeah, out what you okay. need to use but, it with yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what Diego also said that it's mm. sometimes maybe a bit too basic uh, but maybe it's also early game because I think we that's only played definitely the, the case early game I think he wanted to onboard people from the the first four uh, screens there so mm. yes it's it's almost always kind of obvious what you need to use stuff for not not in all of the screens but in, in a lot of them yeah. yeah so that's that's why I thought maybe yeah calling it a puzzle is a long stretch yeah I found myself as you said before Mads um enjoying this game the most especially when i first started it because i had no one in the house it was five days early for myself and i sat down here and i really enjoyed the first two levels but as soon as i started putting a bit of pressure on myself i realized what you said before which was oh this is playing for the and i felt that i and then i started doing oh try this try this try this so i had to kind of put myself in pause take a breath and then sit down calmly, even if there was, let's say, more time pressure. And I started enjoying it again, and I was able to breeze through it easily. Um, and this is another part that uh, I wanted to touch on. As I don't know if it was me in the zone or whatever I want to say, but the more I went on with it, the more I kind of knew what I had to do in, in some form of weird way, like instinctively knew, oh, this, I've got to do this, the machete, cut this stuff, Let's look at, oh, we're missing a board here. I know that. Um, but uh, again, I think there's another part that you touched on beforehand, which was sometimes the only thing that, that did escape my view uh, was a little detail that I missed. I, but then I started noticing this when I was playing. So I would get to a point where I was stuck and I thought, I'm sure there is something that I haven't seen. And sure enough, there's a little root over there or there's a little... Uh, board that I didn't see uh, and as soon as I get that da, 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 and it all unblocks immediately but I, I really liked the the overall experience of of that even if it was you know uh, looking for the small detail in the screen yeah it forces you to to admire the art <laughs> let's if you to say something positive about <laughs> I don't think this also screen... do the 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 age-old sweep yeah. because uh, I had to do that a, a couple of times yeah. in this uh, game as well just sweeping the mouse side slowly yep. from side to side oh there's something i can interact with there but because that's the side effect of course of what you said wilder that it seems like the stuff you can interact with is part of the scene it it, it belongs there naturally mm. but that of course is a double-edged yeah. sword as mm. it as well because then it means it can be a bit harder to find yeah uh, well yeah. Uh, maybe i sound overly negative about the game but i really enjoyed it, my time with it but yeah what you said you have to uh, take your time with it as well because yeah there's also um, because you have to finish those screens in one go or at least I have the feeling of that you you get yeah. uh, pressured to also finish it so it's easy to get frustrated and when, normally when you you get can't get the solution to the air quotes puzzle yeah. <laughs> the, the, then uh <laughs> Then you can just close down the game and continue the day later and maybe you see it uh, right away. 
but now you you really yeah I totally agree that that technical problem was kind of annoying I have three kids in my house as well so sometimes I need to turn yeah. off my game for some reason and go somewhere else and uh, then you yeah. have to start over but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I, I will actually if I think there are rumors about a physical version being released as well if no. they end up releasing a physical switch version I'll probably pick that up just to, to yeah, own it. Thank you. and that of course you would be able to pause yeah, you anywhere just, uh, sleep mode so. and then uh, yeah that yeah, would be exactly. great exactly yeah. I think we all three talked about what our experiences are, but not you, Matt. <laughs> In general, well, my experience of the game. I think I've I've talked so much uh, over you guys, <laughs> so I've probably said it already. I loved right. it, but I am a huge fan, so uh, take whatever I say with a grain of salt. I, I feel that this was a uh, return to form of the first game, and I do love the first game. First game, sorry, the first yeah. game. Uh, the the only thing that they removed was the energy bar. And mm -hmm. the energy bar was something that was actually annoying and you you, you had to work around, as I said uh, initially, you yeah, need yeah. to reload and, and do it perfectly. So for me, that was a good decision. And and I loved, I think the art form was very much back to the first game as well. The, the style was very much like that, just in a higher resolution. And and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely amateur hour when it comes to the coding, but there's just mm. so much charm there. So with, mm. with the graphics, with the, the puzzle design, <laughs> puzzles, and, uh, and, and all of that really, uh, it, it hit all of the right buttons for me. So uh, I would definitely recommend anybody who's had, has played the other Goblins games, the first three, for example, pick this up and play it and then support Pierre because uh, we want him to do the, the next game as well. Would I recommend this to somebody who's never played an adventure game? Ah, probably not. Go play Day of the Tentacle or something mm. along those lines instead. Get used to the genre, and then maybe you'll you'll pick something like mm. this up later on. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, any frustrations? I had one. That's why I'm asking. Any frustrations? I, I think that the technical difficulties <laughs> and getting stuck in that game-breaking buck that frustrated me, but but. Not really with the with getting through the game itself because I played this as soon as it was released. I, I uh, backed the Kickstarter that was uh, that started this uh, game's development, so so I got it as soon as it was released and I started oh. playing it. So I had a long time to play it. So whenever I got stuck, I'd just have a break yeah. for a few days, sometimes for a week, and get back to it. So so no, I never. I don't think I ever got really frustrated with it. Mm, I think you're right. I think even my point of frustration is just due to the. Uh, maybe the lack of uh, the, the programming skills, maybe uh, that's a bit of a, as well, far-fetched. You know, there are some elements. It's done in a way that, you know, you click on the people and you change the, the character, but you can also switch the characters up in the right-hand side corner. And then there's that UI that, that comes up at the top bar uh, where you have your inventory, which is there for every uh, every one of the characters, but it's basically, I think, only used for, for oops. Yes. And uh, there was just one one of two moments where it mm. kept getting in the way and I wanted to go and press a button and the UI would come out. <laughs> and I would not, had to redo that, that thing for... And then I had to really stop the game, look where the hit areas were and position them so I wouldn't, hit, I wouldn't trigger the UI to come down. Um, but it, was, it wasn't... Uh, it was just in the fourth uh, part that I, I encountered this. You're completely right. In the greenhouse, I, I think I remember that uh, exact place where I had a problem with in, in the greenhouse. There's a, there's a problem there where the, 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 you need to position yourself so that you can hit <laughs> those within those five pixels that won't trigger the, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. UI at that point. That's, that's true. 
and and now that you say it that happened a few times that you need to reposition yourself because that that uh, little menu with your inventory would, would pop up all the time that that is uh, that was kind of frustrating yes also i had a, a long time uh, before i figured out that i could just could uh, click the portrait on the top right to change the character before that i, ah, I okay. walked to the other character then clicked the character the other character I wanted to use, and then so that took. <laughs> oh my god! It, it would be hard to do the timing-based uh, things later on. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I found out uh, halfway through the second mm. screen. But uh, yeah, the UI is maybe well. It's actually quite fine. It, it's so simple, and and also the uh, I quite liked how yeah uh, mm. uh, when you're stuck, some characters gave hints. So that felt a sort of modern game yeah. design sensibility for me because uh, I knew like the old school yes. adventure games just don't give you hints at all sometimes. They like you just click oh. everything and everywhere and <laughs> you get really stuck. And now mo most of the time someone mm. is saying, okay, you can maybe do this or maybe look at there or uh, I don't know. It, yeah. it, and sometimes if you do something with the wrong character, they'll say, ah, oops, oops would be helpful here, for example. Oh, okay. So they, they, do, they yeah. do try to guide you along in, in some instances. So that f felt a little bit more modern for me. Mm. So, that, yeah, well, that that was good, I guess. Does <laughs> that, does that <laughs> uh, you know, I, I share the little frustration with the inventory bar, and I was wondering, because it's also quite large, uh, Does do the levels get so complicated that they really need all that inventory bar at some point. It was much bigger than all the objects I ever got. Oh, you do you do get an almost full okay. inventory at some point, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, towards the end, I've I've currently got it quite full. Um, I mean, yeah, that's so that explains why the the size of all that. I, I like how some of the uh, inventory items go along with you to the next screen, and then you sometimes have another use for them it's uh yeah you can use them objects multiple times yeah 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 so one thing it didn't have that i was actually expecting now that it had a, a real inventory and uh, you could have multiple stuff selected that i was thinking there'd be some inventory puzzles where you'd need to combine mm. stuff in the advent yeah. inventory but again that was uh, with probably with the modern sensibilities he did that automatically i don't know if, if that happened for you guys in no, the, uh, so. the demo but later on when it makes sense to combine two or three adventure items he does it by himself when you pick up the last one. Oh yeah maybe yeah. Uh, there's uh, at one point a guy in the dark and then uh, you have to use for example uh, something which emits light and you also have to give okay that guy something if you just give that guy something mm. then he used the the thing which it's light <laughs> so yeah. uh, to to keep it fake <laughs> so but in, in the old uh looks arts adventure games for example you need you you might have three things that you needed to combine in your inventory mm -hmm. to build new stuff yourself i actually i wish he'd done that here instead because the many times maybe eight or ten times it happens that you combine something from your inventory i always knew that these things were going to be mm -hmm. combined so let me do it myself that would have been mm -hmm. nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There is there is an aspect of that. I was expecting that as well. So until I learned at a certain point that it would do it automatically. So in the beginning, I tried myself. Then it yeah, didn't work. Too. Then it didn't work. And then 
he did it once and then I thought always, oh, but then I, maybe I was stuck. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. I'll try combining myself. Maybe this is the time I combine myself. And then in the end, I learned, no, I don't combine anything. He just does it. And then I let, yeah, that's, as I said, slowly the learning curve, then you, you, you get to go with it. Mm. I was going to say another thing. Um, I'm going to spend another two minutes just to talk about the ad hoc animations. So, so these characters move around the screen. They do their own thing. And the movements are always more or less the same. And when they talk, it's the same. The voice is the same. But there are some moments where you trigger the panels, as we talked about. But there are also some really funky animations in them. Um, for example, when they fly off off a boat, let's say that. Or let's say more generically, when they finish a level and they, they do a little dance, they let you know that it's done. And I found that quite entertaining. And there are several other occasions where you can totally see that th that this guy Pierre Guillaume has gone out of his way to create an animation just for that particular scene so props to to him i guess because that's this is i think all done manually so he must have taken a long time when you boil a certain thing on the on the fire there's a little um vapor coming out of it that seems all hand drawn i mean mm. what what an effort i think that there's a very good level of details in in all the things, also in, in some of the dialogues, um, you mentioned uh, someone talking about uh, their former romantic interest and going over and over with more and more things. I also find it quite funny the interaction with the, maybe that was my favorite non player character, so to speak, the Oscar Goat, uh, the, which is uh, quite an obvious pun with escargot in French. Not sure how how to pronounce it, by which means snail. Oscar right? Go. Yeah, mm. uh, I, I find yes. it yeah. quite funny the first time that I I went through that dialogue. How how it doesn't seem to start first, and then how it continues on and on with more and more uh, stuff to get from him. But uh, there's lots of small things I really like. Uh, even uh, that uh, Zibiella character. Maybe it's a minor character, but I I loved how she looks so different depending on which character talks to her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. love that yes. little bit. And you can even, you can even hear if it's Ignatius that, that that knocks on the door. You can hear her rummaging yeah, around, getting her makeup on before like she opens the door. She's going uh, to a gala dinner or something, yes. but when Oops talks with her, she is all with bunny mm. slippers and unkempt hair. <laughs> Love that yep. bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that as well. And then there's some awkward moments. I, I thought they're not awkward moments, but they were quite like, I was like, oh, the, 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 um, all the characters have this funny art on them. And then all of a sudden you speak to a character and she's weirdly sexy sexy i don't know i it was it was just so weird for me yeah <laughs> i shared a, a little That's video a of that in, uh, in the discord <laughs> well, yeah. I, was, I was like really like what is this and then later on you can see there are some characters which are not uh, human uh, so they are vegetables but they have they have you know uh, boobs and all the attributes that goes with the boobs and obviously they're dressed and all but <laughs> what, what what kind of idea i don't know it was just funny I think it's still very I much think. on the innocent side anyway yeah it's yeah, definitely no. silly yeah of course nothing yeah. gross yes, yes. And, and very much in the in the vein of what you do in a french cartoon for a newspaper for example 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd mention that. And then no one's talked about the music, but um, there's lots and lots of different tracks. And I don't know if you noticed, there's a track for every level. So there's loads of different tracks and they're all quite good in the way mm. that they don't get in the way. They don't get repetitive. They're not too loud. Somehow they just stay in the background and do their job. Very good. They, even that, I think that's, um, I don't know if he did the music himself as well. I think he had help there, actually. Uh, I forget who did the music. Well, never mind. It doesn't say so, anything I'm on the... I'm pretty sure that in the credits it said bit. some other name and not his name on the music. He did the coding and the graphics and, and the design and everything, but uh, music and, and uh, translation as well. Uh, somebody helped him with the translation into English. Oh, bless him. Yeah, it was... But yeah, very good. Uh, overall, it's like a, a really neat package, I think. Even I know it's it's got its technical problems at times, but... Um... Yeah, but for example, another weird problem, but maybe that's also an adventure thing, that if you click something really far away from in the screen, and sometimes uh, a character walks through there with a really long detour, and you can't get out of that walking mm. animation and it takes so long that then you think oh my then you just clicked something wrong and then he walks through all the level and i was like waiting it, and it is an adventure game studio thing the... uh, what you need to do is just click some other th thing that you can interact with so so you can't just click somewhere else on the floor which would be your intuition just oh no no, no i want to go over here mm. that doesn't work but if you click on something else that's uh, an interactive point then he'll stop and turn around. I, oh. I found it annoying too. That's why I found out that this is the workaround. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely not without its problems. No, no, there are some technical difficulties. Yeah, uh, we are early adopters. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, when he gets it out on Steam and the, the Nintendo store with the Switch, that there will probably be some runs over it and getting all of those bugs out and making it more streamlined. Mm. Okay. Well, and I... One one more thing I wanted to uh, find out for the Andy and, and Matt, who both or Matt, to to find out if how the uh, the story was uh, overall. Uh, the, because I like the story. Uh, Matt, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how to talk about it a lot without spoiling stuff, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was it was good. Uh, yeah, for me as well. When I played the demo, I really wanted to know what's next. Yeah, but so. it it evolves. It's very. It's like um, one of those. Um, so you have. It happens in, in in lots of video games. If you have like a, a simple story, it's often more effective than a very convoluted story. Obviously, there's loads of exceptions, and there's different like RPGs are different and all, but. In this case, it was quite simple. Something happens, you have to sort it out. And <laughs> that's how, how I would say it. And it just makes sense. It's very, very linear, very linear. But at the same time, I, I quite liked it. And the reason why this happens, and then you fix the reason. And, you know, it's uh, very simple. And without too many spoilers, I guess we can say that our goblins saved the day again at the end, and they helped the king and the... Uh... Let's see if they they start partying too hard and uh, end up in jail before the sixth game starts again. <laughs> we'll start with the park again, cleaning the park <laughs> and the wall. Maybe we should uh, listen to what uh, Pix had to say about this game. Ever since Goblins 5 was announced as the Game Club game, 
I've been on a binge trying to work through the whole series. I'd had a quick go in the past, but never got very far and had them on the backlog for decades. The gameplay was a little off-putting at first. There was little sense to many of the puzzles, and I was constantly punished by losing health for any mistakes. After a while, I settled into it, though. Restarting a level was never a big deal in the end, as none of them were too large when you knew what to do. It's the charm of the world and artwork that really won me over. All the cute little animations, whether you get things right or wrong. The Goblin series isn't quite like anything else I've played before. They play more like puzzles than traditional adventure games with the need to experiment on each screen and muddle your way to a solution. It's like some sort of mix between traditional point and click, Lost Vikings and Incredible Machine. By the sequel, the health bar is gone, and the series keeps improving for the most part until number 4, which went 3D in the worst way possible, looking like it should have been released a decade earlier. I was running out of time and only played the first level of this. The gameplay seemed fine at least, and I'll be going back to it. One benefit of all this retro gaming is being able to look beyond the graphics. That said, the artwork and animation in 5 is so good it makes me wonder just why, when you have this sort of talent, you'd ever want to go 3D in the first place. Getting to Goblins 5 at last, it's a game that belies the essentially one-man team behind it. Sure, it's a bit rough with the English translations, but it only comes across as quirky and part of the strange world. There is a lot more dialogue and story to drive things along, and I'm all for it. It adds humor and character to the strange inhabitants of the world and helps with the puzzle solutions making them less about guessing than previous games. The gameplay is quite close to the first game, minus the health bar and adding an inventory for oops. The inventory does result in oops really driving the game along and the other goblins being more of a supporting role. It brings things closer to a normal adventure game, albeit restricted to a single screen at a time. When I started playing, I completed the first screen fairly quickly and had the naive idea I might finish this in a few hours. I was kidding myself. It took me long sessions over numerous days to get to the end. It's actually a little easier than the previous games, if anything. It's just the levels have so much to do on them. The ending sets us up for more installments, which was both disappointing and encouraging at the same time. Goblins 5 was the best of the series, and so much more than I expected going into it. I love the humor, the artwork, the ridiculous potatoization storyline, and the ingenious puzzles. I've come out of the playthrough as a massive Goblins fan, and will keep buying them up as long as Pierre Gilhodes can keep turning them out. I just hope it's not 14 years until the next one. Well, uh, thanks for the submission uh, yep. picks, because couldn't say it better myself, I guess. It's, it wraps everything up. So would you perhaps just say that this wasn't Pix actually reading it? This was... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was an AI. We used an AI to read Pix's review. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it did quite well. I, I love the fact that it was able to say <laughs> potatoization. But not 3D. I had to actually write 3D. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fun. But yeah. Mm. So yeah, thank you, Pix. I think there's a couple of things that we didn't really touch on, which you actually did, uh, which is the the, um, the main character who does most of the action is actually Oops, while the other mm. two seem to linger a bit more in the background. Which yeah, I, I did see that. I don't know what I think about it to be honest. It did, it felt all right, but yeah, maybe they were underused. I don't know what you guys think. I agree. I think it's a good point, and I. I kind of had a little bit of the same feeling that perhaps uh, maybe Ignatius, the magician, tends to... I tend to use it when yeah. I am running out of ideas to see like, 
okay now because he's doing things that are uh, usually unexpected you never know what he's going to do with his spells is it uh, growing something, shrinking something, moving something. And so it's like the jolly card of the team. And uh, I also felt that uh, the um, Asgard sometimes, when you had to like punch something three times, was it put there just so that you get the feeling that you are do- using it mm. more? Because, well, one punch would probably suffice yes. for the same purpose. So. Mm. So I think Pix has a good point with that. With yep, this, I agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, especially in the first game, it was pretty much like this as well. I mean, you would use the the wizard and the and the brute sparingly, and you'd use the guy who could pick up stuff and, and do stuff uh, a lot more. So this is again quite much like uh, the first game, but in the second game. If I recall correctly, they share the inventory and they can both use different things from the inventory and in the third game as well. And I. It's, it's true, I actually missed that. I would have been a little bit better if it was more balanced. Yeah, I would expect that uh, that mm. the Brute uh, also uh, would talk more or something, just really bluntly, or that you have to use it sometimes yeah. for, to convince some characters uh, to, to put pressure on them or something, something like that, uh, because he, uh, he's, uh, mm. of course... Uh, a little more blunt than uh, than your than oops, for example. So, yes, yeah. So, did you notice how many times he said he talked about puzzles? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop teasing you. I now. still don't agree that it's well. Maybe a really likely <laughs> puzzle game, but uh, yeah, <laughs> in the lightest Thanks. sense of the word. <laughs> when I think, yeah, okay, well, that's yeah. yeah. Hey. I think Chris also says everything's a puzzle, doesn't he? So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, everything Chris is a puzzle says, game. Says that, yeah. That's true. <laughs> everything's a puzzle game. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, another thing he touched on, there's a lot to do. So it's true. So it, the, in later levels, there are... So you start off with a fairly small one, but then there are massive ones. And I think one of the, one of the ones I enjoyed the most was one that then you get to explore the 2D realm, which I I won't say more than that, but it was really fun, but there was really a lot of stuff to do. You start in a big room and for some reason you're small and uh, you have to go around this room and solve a lot of stuff. And then you get to this 2D part, which is always in the same room. So yeah, he's right. There are rooms that take a lot of time as well because there's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I find it funny that he thinks that this is the best game of the series. Um, it's been years since I played the third one, but in my mind, that's still the best game of the series. I think I think I need to replay that and see if it is actually better than this. But I'd say that this is probably better than the first and the second game. Yeah, of the I yeah. For me, that I'm a newbie on this. Uh, well, newbie. I'm returning on the first, but then and I just played it a bit of the second. I really enjoyed this one so much that I I was a bit like surprised that i actually enjoyed it this much because i wasn't expecting it so a bit like um picks i will be looking out for number six if it does come out yeah yeah me too definitely right so yeah we come to an end we come to an end 
uh, I think any shout outs? Obviously to Retro Asylum, which is always so kind. And Maz, I oh, you're here. <laughs> this time I don't know oh, yeah. to just say it. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, As thank I said you. in the beginning, I am, I'm your biggest fan. I've been listening since the very first episode and I love your show. So it's uh, great to be on here. I hope to be on again sometime later on. Oh, well, but you certainly hope so. Uh, and shout outs also to Mark Kit, who always um, helping, trying to help me out as well with some hardware stuff. Yeah, can I picks. just cancel that uh, shout out? No <laughs> shout outs to Mark or Chris on this episode <laughs> when I'm on because uh, they are in the bad books right now because of uh, really oh, uh, to misrepresenting me on the last Retro <laughs> Asylum episode. They, they know what they've done. They know what they've done. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, another shout out to Calm Like a Bobomb. Um, he's just posted me some more stuff. Um, and yeah, he's always trying to help out as well. So thank you guys for helping out. Thank you, all the listeners. Thank you for listening. It's always great. I hope you enjoy the episodes. And yes, I think we can pack it in. Uh, see you all next time. Keep sending those emails, by the way, if you have any questions. Yeah, game, newgameonflame.com is where you can write the emails. Keep them coming. We'll read them. None today. It's a Game Club episode. And and join Discord. Uh, yes, yes, join the Discord because there's the High Score Challenge this uh, month, I think. Yes, when you'll hear this episode, uh, the High Score Challenge will start and uh, hopefully you will participate and win. Well, there's already some King Trilo speculation that Pix will win everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is most likely, to be honest. That is most likely. <laughs> but we have prizes. We have mm. some prizes this time. Yeah, incredible. And what will we be playing? Is that a secret? or? Oh, at this point, you can know. We're playing Fixit Phoenix Jr. for the Commodore 64. Oh, nice, nice. It's made by the same person, Antonio Savona, which made Pix Quest and a lot of other games. Yes, yes. Yeah. Always so, happy for a reason to get my C64 out of the cover here. It's a really nice game. I already played it for, for a little. And uh, mm. I, I really yeah. like it. Uh, yeah, what they done with the uh, with the C sixty four. So seeing as it is a C sixty four game, and you know you you play that with a joystick you hold in your hand, could you maybe give Pix a disadvantage and say he he needs to hold the joystick with his left hand instead <laughs> this time? Or no, Pix, Pix needs to play with a steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll be good. <laughs> He'll still win. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for being here. We'll talk to you all next time. Uh, stay safe and, uh, you know, um, keep listening. Bye. 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 Goodbye.